You're listening to the first episode of the Wednesday Night Skirmish with your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Ams. Live here on Dynamite and coming up Saturday night at Full Gear in the main event for the AEW World Championship, John Moxley will defend against this man in an I Quit match in our face-to-face here tonight. Here is Eddie Kingston. Chris, have you been in many high quit matches? I've been in a few, but I never quit. But I'll tell you what, they're very brutal because what kind of a man would ever want to say that I quit in front of thousands, tens of thousands, a hundred thousand people? Not me. It's obviously a short language for, I'm going to make you hurt badly enough that you can't stand any more pain. Therefore, you will say, I quit. Yes, in front of your peers, in front of the world. Do your job, Shivani. Hold the microphone up. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the AEW World Champion, John Moxley. JR, as you mentioned at the top of the show tonight, there will be no physicality here tonight, or the match won't take place at full gear. Yeah, that's it. Pretty good decision by TK, as the boys call it. Tony gone. Great decision by Tony Khan, but I'll tell you what, the late, uh, the, the great, the great, great, great Pat Patterson told me, why would you want to waste your time on a Wednesday when the match is already signed for Saturday? That's the money. So tonight, they don't want to touch, they're not going to touch, and not only that, they got some words face-to-face to really pound home what's going to happen to each man at full gear on Saturday night. Here comes the champion, the irrepressible John Moxley. The battling champion. He's off his rocker. He's been off his rocker since the day I met him. He's got a, a giant championship belt on his shoulder, and on the other shoulder, an even bigger chip. He sure does. He's got that champion title from me. Seems like 10 years ago, I think about it every day of my life. Hickson trying to bait Moxley in. Get out of the ring! Cut his music! Cut his music! Shivani, get out of the ring! You think this is a game, John? You think this is a game? I'm gonna destroy you Saturday. You understand that? On the 7th, I'm gonna ruin you. And I'm gonna take that championship. I'm gonna hand it to my mother. And I'm gonna tell her, Ma, the reason why you don't have a grandchild is because of this. The reason why I didn't give you a daughter-in-law is because of this. Because this is all that matters in our sport. No other championship means that much. Only this championship in your whole so I gotta take you out. I had to sell out. I had to become everything I hated. It's too late for me, John. You ain't saving nobody. And I'm taking that championship from you. Hey, and welcome to a special edition of the PWC as we review what we're going to be calling the Wednesday Night Skirmish. Uh, 
Jimmy and I were talking earlier about what to call this show, and uh, I think we've come to the conclusion that uh, skirmish is exactly what we're going to call it. Jimmy and I are both uh, old school fans from watching WWF and WCW go to war on Monday night when there were 8 million people watching. You know, now we're struggling to get one and a half million people <laughs> tuning in. So, uh, you know, that's just what we're calling it. Jimmy, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. But you know what's funny about that? How many people are watching Tell me. this so-called skirmish? It's like one and a half million, maybe. <laughs> one and a half million. And they call this shit a war. I know, man. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, oh, boy. I don't want to laugh about it, but fucking... But seriously. <laughs> a fucking war. <laughs> it was it's something. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a fucking war, apparently. But yeah, no, this is definitely a fucking skirmish. This is worse than a fucking than little kids in the playground, dude. Oh, I know, I I know, man. Every every time I see somebody call this a war, I just kind of roll my eyes, like, bro, like, did, were you even watching in like '96, '97? Like, that was a war. We were going back and <laughs> forth, and and not only that, but like, Jesus, man, like every night was something new and something really, really interesting, like. Um, tonight specifically, we're going to be looking at AEW and it's not like they don't have talent. It's not like they don't have some interesting things happening, but I mean, try to compare anything on this show to the NWO when it was at its height or Goldberg streak or, you know, rock and Austin, you know, there's just no comparison. Oh, it's ridiculous, man. There's no comparison. And first of all, like, uh, did you see Jericho on commentary tonight? I did. Yeah. Was he fucking overdoing it or what? He made me laugh. Don't get I me mean, wrong. Yeah, I think that Jericho's thing now is to overdo it a little bit. I think he's uh, he's he's leaning into the ridiculousness of his own character, which can be fun sometimes. Like I was a little bit entertained by Jericho. I didn't. No, no, I, was I didn't hate him on on commentary. No, he's just so over exaggerates. But it's funny though. Like he makes me laugh. But yeah. he mentioned something. Oh yeah, with Hangman Page. Did you notice a little like I wrestled him when he was stone cold, um, when he was stone cold sober? sober yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, really? Like I had to roll my eyes, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure, dude. So so let's get into the show here. Let's uh we started off with um Jericho's out with uh, the inner circle. Uh looks like he's gonna be given a little promo. He talks up uh Jake Hager having uh having won his last fight, <laughs> which I don't know if I'd be bragging about that fight, bro. That I wouldn't was be rough. <laughs> he got his fucking ass kicked <laughs> in a way, dude. But yeah, he still won, right? So fuck. Yeah, and I mean, hey, like, like hats off to him. Like, I'm not saying it's easy to get in the cage or anything like that, but uh, that what that was way? that was a rough one. At least he's no CM Punk, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, hundred uh, percent. Anyway, so they're 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 talking. It's kind of going nowhere. It's just sort of a circular conversation, and then MJF comes out, which is the point of it. Uh, Chris Jericho sort of pushes MJF with this idea that hey, you're not dangerous enough. You're not really you're not really aggressive enough to be in the inner circle. And uh, it, it looks pretty clear, like like Jericho's trying to get something out of MJF, trying to bring something out in him. So uh, that's a good way to start off start off the show, I think. Um, what do you think about uh, Jericho and MJF so far? Well, I wasn't really too high on that segment, what, what they did a couple of weeks ago, whatever they called it, that sing-along thing. 
like for me like it was funny yeah. don't get me wrong but like i don't know man like you know I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to wrestling you know even though comedy there's a spot for that but singing you know what i mean i don't know do you think you will actually join the inner circle and we know where this is leading to eventually like that's that's what makes this kind of like i don't know if you want to call it a waste of time the thing about AEW, they're so predictable man they have been so far. I will say that um, I think in a way the predictability is good, at least to start off with. Um, I think that in order to really be a surprising show, you need to be steady most of the time and then come out with a surprise. Like, um, you know, that, that was that's sort of like the one thing that people point to of like the, the problem with the uh, Vince Russo era of booking in WCW is that there was no stability. It was just always a surprise, right? You tuned, well, you tuned in thinking you were going to get to see something really great. And then instead it was surprise motherfucker, like for every segment. Like and Judy it just got on to the, the point match? where you're like, yeah. And it just got to the point where you're like, I'm not even just surprised it. I, this is just stupid. Now it's just silly. So I kind of get where they're coming from with trying to keep things on the train for the most part. Well, uh, but so far, yeah, there's a lot of stuff where it's just like, okay, anyone who's ever watched wrestling saw that coming six months out. Chris, FYI, Vince Russo actually follows us, believe it or not. So, um, right on. <laughs> we should be uh, extra thankful to the to the Rue man. But you're right. Oh, dude, listen, like, dude, listen. I don't have any. I, I don't have any bad feelings <laughs> towards Vince Russo. I think he was an incredible booker, and I think that when he was in the WWF at the time, I mean, he honestly booked the best stuff we've ever seen. Like, oh, for sure. He booked the Rock's character. He booked, you know, like the "This Is Your Life" type stuff, and like hey. he 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 was great for whatever reason in WCW. It got out of hand. And uh, it just got a little overboard. Actually, I'm glad you brought up the This Is Your Life segment, right? Because when The Rock was doing something kind of similar, like even when he was singing, right? When he would sing along with the fans and all that, at least The Rock still made that shit look cool, man. Whereas when Jericho and MJF were doing their sing-along thing, it just seemed so like, I don't know, man, you know? But at least The Rock, it it comes across as legit, you know? I, like I remember, I remember watching when he did that uh, the rock show or whatever when he was like singing to Vicky Guerrero and stuff, and that was <laughs> yeah. that was very cool, right? But I think the point of what Jericho and MJF were doing the other day is they're not trying to be cool; they're trying to harken back to a day where uh, musicals were a thing. And I know that for myself, <laughs> like um, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, so I've watched all of those old school Rogers and Hammerstein oh, musicals. Sure, yeah. So for me, like I honestly just was laughing my ass off. Like I was just busting a gut watching that shit. Like, I mean, it's it's wrestle crap, right? It like it's wrestle totally crap. wrestle crap. You know, if you're trying to simulate combat, what <laughs> the fuck was that? But it's a skirmish, remember? But sometimes it's good to just kind of yeah, exactly. It's the skirmish. <laughs> Uh, but sometimes it's fun to have something that's just on its head, patently absurd. And uh, I think that it can get people talking too. So I get why they did why they did it. Yeah, I guess so, man. I mean, MJF does make me laugh. He was the hottest thing. I feel like if they don't pull the trigger with him pretty soon, I think that wave will sort of go by, if you know what I mean. Maybe I'm fucking speaking way too soon. But do you think he deserves to get a like a title push? 
Well, I think he's ready. I, I don't think you could give that guy anything and he would stumble. I like he the word that I keep using whenever I'm watching it is money. The dude is just straight oh, money. You give him anything, he's gonna make he's gonna make it great. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like he needs more heat first. Yeah. Um like he's he's good at building heat and he's I an totally excellent agree. worker, but I think he needs a little more heat before he goes taking a championship like that. You don't want to run the risk with a Nick, with a guy like MJF. I think if you give him the belt too soon, you run the risk of the fans being like, "Yeah, that's our guy." Do you know what I mean? Oh, Even if he's playing a heel, I think that you, you do run that risk him. a little bit. Yeah, but I don't think he's. I don't think you can really cheer him. Even though everyone's a fan of his, right? Cheering him just seems funny. Like I couldn't even cheer him. He's just such a natural heel where you just want to boo him anyway. Not because I hate him, just because he's so good at it, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I get you. But, like, um, oh, there's so many different ways that a guy can get – there's so many different ways that a guy can lose his heat, and I just kind of feel like he needs to be nuclear before he really gets that belt. Well, to be fair to MJF, I think the COVID bullshit is sort of playing a role in this because without the fans really being there – I mean, I know there's a few fans scattered around – but I think with the fans back, he would definitely be a lot better and get his heat back. Yeah. I mean, he, you can tell when he's working like that was, so the opening match here, it was a good, so there was a couple of things from the opening match that I noticed. Um, you can really see some of the physical ability that Guevara has when he really figures out how to slow down. I think he's going to be <laughs> really, really excellent. Wardlow looks like a million bucks. I agree. Uh, he works like a big man which is exactly what he should be doing. Um, and yeah, like the thing with MJF is even though there's no crowd, he's working a crowd the entire match. And he's looking out into the crowd and he's yeah. making facials at them, right? You know what I mean? Like literally at every moment, he's working a crowd. So, I mean, this is a guy who's really working. Yeah, bro, I'm with you. Like he's money right now, but with a crowd in there, he's just he's just so much better. Yeah, definitely. But it's funny because you brought up Wardlow as well. I, I think I totally agree with you that he looks like a million bucks. There's only one thing I would change about him, though. He's got to get rid of the fucking, the, what do you call it? His, his ring gear, man, and go sort of more traditional. The singlet. Yeah, just because for a big guy, man, you want to you want to sort of show him off more. He looks kind of weird wearing that for his size, in my opinion. I think he'd look much better... Like, even if you wore tights, like pants, right, but go the old school way, you know what I mean? The traditional route. I think one of the reasons that maybe they're sticking with the, the uh, singlet right now is to try to differentiate him uh, from Brian Cage, who's also like this giant oh, physical specimen, right? I can't stand so, him, dude. But I think that, but I think that you run the risk if you have them both in, you know, the old school tights or whatever. I think you you run the risk of being like wait 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 which one is that at least for casual fans, so I don't know I, like I'm with you I think if you've got a body that looks like that fucking show it off that's money but I don't know sometimes they do things like that just to differentiate one guy from another. And what about his so-called F10? <sighs> I mean, like, come on, it I, looks it's... cool, but it looks like it kind of looks funny to me too. But in my opinion, change his freaking finish or someone do that. Because they're trying to make him sort of look like look like they're Brock Lesnar, but he's not. You know what I mean? He's like a poor man's version. 
Oh, for sure. For sure, man. We'll, we'll get we'll get into Seth. I, I actually had had sort of a similar thought about another wrestler on today's show, too. So we'll get into that a little okay. more in a second about people uh, changing finishers or whatever. So the end of the match, uh, basically, we see Matt Hardy interferes, uh, attacks Guevara, um, MJF and Wardlow get the pin and the win. MJF goes after Jericho afterwards. Uh looks good he looks he looks upset he looks like he's he's ready to get really aggressive uh and i really liked the the little touch of showing jericho kind of smiling after they broke everything up because like you know that that was sort of the the opening promo the point of it was to try to get mjf to be more aggressive and i think that jericho's looking at it as yeah like i i got what i wanted out of you so that was good well he does have like a main streak in him i mean it's not like we've never seen that before true no, yeah, no, it's been there. I, I just think that that was sort of the story that they were telling with the opening promo, and then the match was Jericho's trying to get him to be more aggressive, and he's doing it. Is the end game like with MJF and Jericho to turn MJF a babyface? Do you think? Uh, honestly, I think that right now what they're looking at is um, having MJF sort of take over the inner circle and uh, oh, turning Jericho. Hmm. All right. Well, what's next, Chris? Yeah. All right, so next up, uh, there's an interview with Kenny Omega. Uh, he's showing some cockiness. He's talking about the tournament final. Uh, he's he, you know, look, he's saying stuff like, oh, look at my record in tournaments, and I've won the most difficult tournament in the world, and <laughs> I'm destined to become the next AEW champion. Uh, I like this stuff from him. I, I definitely like it more than the happy-go-lucky whatever <laughs> the fuck he was doing at the first couple of months of AEW. Um, I didn't think it was bad this interview, but I it, it wasn't special either. Nah, nothing about the show tonight for a go home show. It was pretty piece weak in my opinion. But back to what you were saying about Kenny, you remember when I when I was telling you a long time ago, Kenny's the best fucking wrestler on the planet, man. Like, do you remember me saying that? Yep. And I had to convince you. I remember and and Kevin, shout out to Kevin P. Yep. But um, what's up? Yeah, so fucking. Dude, I, I've literally been a fan of his since he started blowing up, right? Like, yep. I didn't give a shit about his DDT run with Kota Ibushi, really, right? But once he came to New Japan and joined Bullet Club, like, under AJ's watch, right? I saw the talent in him. And the thing is, man, going from that to what we have now, it's, it, it's so two different things. That guy can work. That guy can do anything, pretty much. But right now, you, you don't see it. You are seeing glimpses, right? But even with this hint, yep. hinting like he's becoming the cleaner again, like what's with the cheeks with the fucking brooms and shit? Like it looks funny. I laugh at it, right? But it's almost, I'm laughing because of how ridiculous it is too. You know what I mean? When that dude was the fucking yeah. cleaner, he was the coolest fucking wrestler around during this time. He deserved to be number one back in 2018, I think it was. So dude, like, I just hope... Like he does become his former self because what a waste, man. Yeah. I mean, so do I, like, I, I'll be honest with you, dude. I've like, I've watched little clips and stuff like that, but I never really got into the Japanese wrestling. And so I never followed it the way that a lot of people like in the internet wrestling community um, have. It was the best thing going at the time. I'm telling you. Yeah. And like, dude, like I'm a Winnipeg kid. I, I want to see this guy succeed. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to see him really take that next step. And it's not that I haven't seen glimpses of it. Cause I have like that first match that he had with Penta last year, that, oh, was, that was really, brilliant. really solid wrestling match. Even the one that they had last week, I was like, 
no there's yeah. there's some really solid like ability here this guy can really do it but for whatever reason the character isn't connecting i think trust me when i tell you that guy can put on a great match with anybody including a freaking boomstick no, yeah, i've heard serious. about that yeah oh yeah well that's you, you're thinking of the blow-up doll right yeah i can i can show you something of kenny that can put you off this guy in a heartbeat because believe me i'm scarred but i better not even go there i don't know i don't even know if people actually even know about it but all right let's not fuck me. me up too bad yeah, yeah, i'm, I'm fucked up enough just trying to watch <laughs> wrestling again <laughs> trust me man i got thrown under the bus one day and i was so pissed off that i ever saw it <laughs> so yeah move all right on, believe well, me. we'll we'll leave the we'll leave the audience <laughs> on hold on that one we're gonna move on here the next thing that's up is uh trent versus miro all i all i could say is this was getting started was okay miro looks great he looks like he's jacked to the fucking gills but this match is happening because someone broke a video game like fuck me this is is the war this is the wednesday night war it's a war right are you sure it's a fucking war it's really serious like what the (laughs) fuck (laughs) Uh, the wednesday night wars fuck me (laughs) it's little skirmishes It's ridiculous. Anyway, the match was all right, actually. Uh, I thought uh, Miro was doing quite a bit of no selling. I think that he's I think that he should do no selling, though. No, like he like he needs to be booked like a monster. And I think that that was something that WWE really dropped the ball with him on. How do you book a guy as a monster when you call the best man? What are you, the best man for the job, the best man for a wedding all the time? Like, like, come on, man. And he's got Uh... blonde hair, for Christ's sake. Oh, dude! The, all the character work is like the 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 character work is actually undermining the in ring work. So, Big time. I mean, I'm like you. I'm sort of a traditionalist. I want to see in ring work. I want to see people who can actually wrestle. Like, honestly, the best match, like the best match I've seen on TV since I don't know a month ago when I started trying to get back into wrestling was that Serena Deeb match from last week. Oh, that was definitely. great. That was just solid mat based wrestling. And you could you were telling the story through the moves and through the selling. You didn't need a bunch of talking. You didn't need a bunch of anything. It was just two people working in the ring, getting the reaction. Everything was crisp. Like that was awesome to me. Well, and and I'm seeing good matches on AEW, but then it's undermined with a lot of this silly shit. So yeah, I, like I'm with you, dude. Like he's the best man. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? And he thinks he got buried in WWE and he's not getting buried in fucking AEW. Like, come on, man. <laughs> the best <laughs> All right, anyway, man. It's, it's a decent little match that they have. Uh, you can definitely tell that Trent has some talent. I've never really watched him work before, but he's he's got really good control of his own body, yeah. uh, which is important when you're working. I really loved the big clothesline spot that they had in this match. And I loved even more that uh, Miro kicked out at one. That was like, yes, fuck, this is how you book a match with a guy who you're trying to book strong. Uh, So here's where we're going to come back to what you were saying about the other match there. Miro's still doing the camel clutch. It works for a big, strong monster guy. I get that. At the same time, it's like, is this going to, is, does this run the risk of being too similar to the Rusev thing? Yes. If he's doing the exact same moves. You took the words out of my fucking mouth. I was going to say once you, like exactly the way he's working the match, everything. But he's the best man. But yeah, you're right. He looked a lot better being Rusev, man. 
I just think like if you're gonna if you're gonna come into a new company and if your whole thing is well they didn't give me a chance and all this other stuff then I think you need to change up some stuff. I, it's not that I don't like the camel clutch for him because he's a big strong dude and he looks like he would break you in half in a fucking oh, camel definitely. clutch. Yeah. But he's a big strong dude. He could break you in half with just about anything. And I know it's I know it's probably being a little picky or whatever. But for me it was just like you know watching him do the camel clutch was like. Uh, I miss Lana screaming crush. I, you, know? <laughs> you know what? That, that's the thing, man. How, like how retarded, how good was Rusev and Lana when they first came into WWE, man? Even Lana looked oh, so were, much better. Yeah, they were money. They were pure money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know WWE have totally fucking destroyed them. But until I see a proper run by Miro, I don't know what to think, man. For now, he's still the best man. We'll see what happens, you know? <laughs> But I, I don't see he's the do best you, man, all right. Like even like look at um Mo, like sorry for jumping ahead, but even Moxley, right? Like uh-huh. I feel like he's so like he's in, he's he's on his own sort of but well, should I say he's in his own bubble compared to everybody else because he's so serious. Right. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like he doesn't resonate with anyone on that roster really, except for maybe. Uh, I Kingston, think he's. You know? I, I think that him and Kin- Kingston are actually really good. We'll get to that. We'll get- Yep. that so anyways after the match here with miro and trent um miro goes over uh with the camel clutch there's some shenanigans afterwards i just kind of have like a meh afterwards <laughs> uh i really did not like though that orange cassidy gets the upper hand after this match <sighs> if you're if you're having miro do his his debut match <laughs> he needs to come in there he needs to win clean which he did they did that properly i yep. think but then he needs to run through whoever's out there afterwards too. Like he needs to leave everybody laying at the end of a segment. They need to go off the air with like, what they need to do is they need to go off the air with JR being like, Oh, this is, uh, I don't know y'all. This is, this is very uncomfortable what we're watching right now. Uh, you, you know, so, I, <laughs> but, but so I don't know to have OC get the upper hand. It's like, uh, you know, I like Orange Cassidy. I think he's got something. I really do. Like, he's a really talented guy, but not right now. It's not the right time for OC to get the upper hand on Miro. Mm, definitely not. If if that happens, forget about it. He might as well just fucking, like, literally bury himself. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think that this whole thing is kind of silly. It started off with a silly premise. It's going in a silly direction. <laughs> and I don't know. I silly's fine like honestly i'm not one of these people who thinks that funny doesn't draw money or whatever i i think that silly can be very fun like uh one of my one of my favorite memories as a kid one of my favorite all-time wrestlers as a kid was d'lo brown specifically when he was doing that euro title run yeah where he was like pretending to be from all these different countries <laughs> and stuff Some, sometimes funny. just silly stupid shit is awesome you know yeah, but see again but I, I think if you're no sorry continue on I'll, I'll i'll get to that after you finish Oh, but I was gonna say, like, if you're if you're trying to book Miro, like, look at that fucking guy. That is not a comedy character. Yeah, but then you look at his head and you want to laugh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's fuck. not a comedy. He's not a comedy character. But, but like, what what the fuck's up with his head? <laughs> he's the wrong Slim Shady. <laughs> like seriously, fucking Miro. If you hear this fucking podcast here, change the fucking color <laughs> of your fucking hair. All right, seriously. <laughs> Go back to uh, your fucking yeah. Rusev crush, mate. Because <laughs> this fucking slim Bulgarian shady is not working, bro. <laughs> like, seriously. 
Like, who the uh, fuck shit. booked this shit? I honestly, man, like, I, I don't mind the match, right? And I don't mind the, I don't know. I, I don't mind the way that they booked the match. I actually liked it. I, I, th- I think Miro could have been booked a little stronger even. Um, although I get that they want to save a little bit of Trent because he definitely has some talent. You don't want him just being, you know, an, an enhancement guy. I, I just, I, I don't understand the, I don't understand the mindset set that says uh yeah at the end of this our new monster is having his debut match we're gonna have orange fucking cassidy get one up on him and then him and chucky t will be standing strong as miro and Minnie, whatever the fuck his friend's name is back off it's like i why fuck what a joke this fucking company is and you know what's sad I was so pumped for AEW originally. And if William Alicia is fucking listening to this, don't kill me, dude. All right. AEW, AEW. <laughs> but anyway, right. Will's already pissed. We've said like two <laughs> bad things about this show. He's fucking <laughs> mad. But the thing is, I was staunchly like Will. That's the thing. I would stick up for AEW no matter what, right? But the longer yeah. it's been going, and like I'm just watching it and I'm thinking, what the fuck am I watching? Like, what is this shit? Like, is it become like it's like is is it Tony Khan booking this shit? Is it uh, is it fucking? You mean TK EVPs? Yeah, TK TK. Like, does he know anything? <laughs> like, I know he's a marketing shit. Uh, no, like this, like no man. That's he. He desperately needs somebody who's just going to be real with them. Like right now you can just see what's going on there. Like I, you know, I've never been around professional wrestlers, but I've, I've been around the type and I I can tell you right now, man, everybody there is just like, you know, giving them daps and oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah. TK, that's a great fucking idea, man. Yeah. That's wonderful. TK. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Hey, Hey TK, what's up, bro? Like that's, they're (laughs) they're growing up like fucking crazy with this guy. Somebody needs to be there to be like, uh, 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 Tony, come here, come here. That's fucking stupid. Fucking like he needs somebody there to fucking tell him sometimes like, Hey man, no, it's fucking dumb. Okay, we've got this giant fucking monster coming in on his first day. I know <laughs> you love man. Orange Cassidy. I get it. I saw your fucking, I saw your fucking pictures dressed up like him. I get oh, it. You're a fan. God, that made me cringe, this is not man. the fucking way to book wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, right. Anyway, what? let's let's move on. Let's move on. We're gonna move on here. Uh, Jr. is up next. He's interviewing Hangman. Um, oh, no. I, I kind of like this. I, I kind of like the way that that Page is playing this like kind of drunk all the time character but why i mean i was a fan of hangman page again from new japan days and ring of honor right he was he like what the fuck is this and and the thing is like he's over like act like this segment was so overacted by hangman in my opinion like he was trying to sound so drunk like seriously come on man like i don't mind it but this shit's been going on for way too long in my opinion man I think he needs a redemption at some point. Like he, he needs, uh, you know, a, a really good swerve, I think would be for him to win this finals uh, match against Kenny um, by okay. revealing that like, Oh, you, you all thought that I've been drunk, but really like I got myself <laughs> clean three weeks ago and I've been taking this shit really seriously. <laughs> he needs, he needs some kind of redemption at some point from this, because at this point it's yeah, it, it's the, 
I, I hate to make the comparison because I, this I was a really uh, yeah <laughs> I think you do too. Uh, it, the comparison that 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 I draw off from this is Scott Hall and WCW. Definitely, and, um, <laughs> I don't like it. Hundred percent. It makes me uncomfortable to see that. And I just hope that, like, I, I really, I don't know, I don't know any of these guys. I don't like. Hangman is on an alcoholic. Just I don't for listen the to rumors and all that other shit. I don't, you know, everybody's like, everybody has an opinion about fucking Meltzer or whatever. I really have never read anything that Meltzer has. Dude, let me wrote. say one thing shit. about Meltzer before we continue. Yeah, whoever tells you they're full, he's full of shit, he's full of shit. Like, come on, dude, he's not that full of shit. Everyone gets their information pretty much through him anyway. I'm talking about all the other dirt sheet sites, but anyway, continue on, Chris. I was just gonna say though, like in terms of that, like I don't, I don't listen, I don't, I don't, I don't listen or read like the Meltzer stuff or whatever. So I don't know if Hangman actually has any kind of issues. I he hope doesn't. he doesn't. I hope this is just pure character. No, okay, hundred percent. So that's pure good. Character. Then that makes me feel a little bit better. Anyway, I, I do like, I do like that Jr. pushed him to to answer a question more seriously during this interview i like that you know he kind of answered you know i already I, i'm not worried like i'm not nervous this is going to be an easy match and i already know how to counter everything and jr kind of said like i don't believe you i think i think i think that's wrong like why don't you tell me what's really going on and i i, I love that because i feel like jr has this ability to kind of do that with people naturally uh he's just well, kind of disarming but also he can cut through the bullshit a little bit and in a way that doesn't intimidate people i think so he's really good at his job in that way and i liked i don't know i like this little segment it was not it was not much but you kind of got the idea over that hangman drinks too much <laughs> but uh he's looking forward to the match so when jr wants to be serious you're 100 spot on unfortunately jr i don't know if you've noticed right but jr totally destroys the product man Oh, constantly. He, constantly. I, I feel like, I honestly kind of feel like JR has to do that a little bit because he's meant to be the voice of, you know, all wrestling. That's kind of the, that's kind of the role that we see him as is like, he's the voice of all wrestling in a way. And uh, so when someone's doing something that's just like really fucking stupid. So for instance, in the Miro match, he was like, and this is, this is happening over a video game. <laughs> and he just kind of laid out afterwards, right? And you're like, well, yep, fuck, man. I feel you, JR. a fucking video game. <laughs> Actually, another good point you bring up. I'm glad WB is fucking taking away the Twitch fucking accounts of, of their wrestlers because they look like a bunch of pansies, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> Seriously, a whole bunch of pansies fucking doing that shit. Like, come on, video games yeah, 24 I mean... 7. Fucking get, get to work, man. <laughs> 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 oh come on man like seriously though am i wrong i don't know so so listen man like i i grew up in the middle of nowhere in canada right so um i i grew up chopping wood i i grew up you know <laughs> in the brilliant. bush working hard see what i mean you know, but but like working hard like the, the whole you know you hear sometimes in podcasts and stuff like i know like uh, i know i i know you know, you and I are both fans of Ben and everything. And he says oh, yeah, chop would carry water water a lot, right? And I feel like to a lot of people that sounds like a Japanese proverb or whatever. Right. That's real life. 
for us for sure like for people who grow up in the kind of places that hey, i grew you're 100 spot on so for me watching a lot of this stuff it's like i don't know what the fuck this silly bullshit is like i like the entertaining guys right but at the same time i don't need to know everything that they're fucking doing like i i really like uh xavier woods like uh he's yeah, really fun to watch on tv he's got he, a great personality he don't give a fuck what he's doing in terms of his nah. downtime but, but, but picture this though, Chris, right? Can you imagine Brock Lesnar week in, week out, fucking playing video games on Twitch? Brock fucking Lesnar. No, I can't imagine that. This is this is the problem with professional wrestling, man. We don't have real men anymore. We just have fucking, I don't know what to call it, man. And I've got nothing against people playing video games. I'm a fucking video game player myself, but I ain't a professional wrestler either. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I I think that, I think that here's a really good way to look at it. Um, And I I mean, this is just coming off of my fucking head right now. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. You know, GGP wants to tell me how stupid I am. That's okay. (laughs) I will listen to you, sir. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it's okay that kayfabe is dead. Like, uh, I don't agree with you. I really do. No, okay, here, here's what I'm saying. I think it's okay that kayfabe is dead as long as people maintain a little bit of distance from the crowd. Because Brock Lesnar is a really good example of exactly like what you're saying. You can't picture Brock Lesnar playing fucking video games for three hours. And when Brock <laughs> Lesnar comes out, you pay attention to what Fuck Brock yeah, Lesnar is doing. Fucking- He's maintained a distance between like, okay, yeah, wrestling is scripted, but I really will fuck you up. Like he's maintained that um, aura. And I don't think that it's just the UFC fighting. I think no, also no, no, it's no. because he's had some distance. Like Kane, for instance, I think was a really good example before he went to like corporate Kane and doing all these different interviews oh, and stuff. Right. Um, people could suspend their disbelief for a minute when Kane came out. I could. Right. Because because Kane had a bit of seriousness and also you didn't get to see Kane cooking a fucking omelet. <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't available to us. Mm. Um, and nowadays, yeah, you get to see everybody do everything and it's, it's nice Pretty on one hand because you're like, Oh, these guys are just like me. But if they're just like me, why the fuck do I care what they're doing? Exactly. But that's the problem. And I don't think they see yeah. it or they don't even give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, Fine, look, I guess you and I, right, look at this shit from a different type of eye, right? But if I was a casual fan mm-hmm. and I came across these these guys on YouTube, right, I'd be fucking confused. I'd be like, um, aren't these guys supposed to be big, strong fucking wrestlers? But here they are fucking playing, yeah. playing fucking, what's that fucking Nintendo game, dude, that... The Animal Crossing bullshit, whatever it's called. I don't know. I think it is called Animal Crossing. That's it, uh, Animal Crossing. That's what they fucking play, pretty much. <laughs> like... <laughs> whatever <laughs> i got nothing to say about it i got no fucking comments <laughs> about animal crossing me. bro <laughs> uh anyway hopefully the audio quality in animal crossing is good because the audio quality on this next fucking package was garbage i don't know if you were hearing the same thing i was but I, all i could hear was the echoing in the goddamn arena i heard about half of this video package that was the bucks versus ftr <laughs> it looks like looks like the match will be good uh, you know yeah, yeah. I, I really feel like 
it's way too cold for a match that's this big. I feel like this match could have, if it's booked properly, this match could have, and I think should have, main evented its own pay-per-view. Because this this was a big match coming in, and I feel like they've kind of just put the brakes on it. Dude, it's obvious that fucking the Bucks are going over now. It seems like it's it's getting obvious that FTR is going to... Well, fuck the Revival, man. They're losing the belt. Yeah. I mean, look at the way they made the Bucks look. Because, you know, they got bashed right at first. And then, you know, Hangman comes and saves their asses, whatever, right? It just feels like, you know, you know how it is. When the babies get fucking knocked down at the end of a go-home show, generally they're going to win coming into the pay-per-view, right? Yeah. Look, and I actually think the Bucks shouldn't even win the belt yet. Some people might think I'm crazy for saying that. but No, dude, I agree with you. I I think that... I hate this stipulation, and I always hate this stipulation. Why the do reason they why do I hate this, this stipulation all the time. is because there's only there's only two ways that this is going to go, right? Either the person like and by stipulation, I hate this. I'll never challenge for the belt again if I lose stipulation. So here's here's the reason why. I hate it because either it a takes away an opportunity um, moving forward for booking like forever, and that. <laughs> I, like, why would you do that? Why would you take away a tool that's in the belt? That's just, it seems dumb to me. Ask Cody. Um, I know. Oh, I know. I, have we, have we or here's the other talk? thing that it does. Um, and this is what I'm kind of worried about with like, yeah, this has been done already. And I already think that at some point in the future, they're going to figure out a way to book themselves out of that, which okay, fine. Like I'll wait for that to happen and I'll see if it makes sense and if it's good, but I just feel like you, you, you diminish it every time you take it away. Like every time you say, I'll never challenge for the belt. And then you challenge for the belt. You diminish that idea like in any future wrestling matches, but also I just don't understand why take this away. Like why take away the opportunity? Why take away the booking problem? Like, let me repeat, uh, let me repeat this one more time. Yeah. Who booked this shit? Oh man, I Ooh. do. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like <laughs> who? <laughs> like, who? <laughs> who? Who booked this shit? Seriously, Tony, get your shit together, bro. Yeah. WCW <laughs> circa <It's>... 2001. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of WCW fucking ar- around 99, maybe 2000, early right. 2000, but late 99 when shit shit was really going downhill like in 99, right? But once 2000 fucking rolled over, it was fucking tanking big time. And even then, WCW were averaging at least 3 million every week, right? Yeah. Whereas this little skirmish is averaging fucking not even a million between two shows. But anyway, if this, if they don't be careful, man, AEW ain't going to fucking last another two years. Yeah, I hate I mean, to say that, but doing... I'm being truthful, you know what I mean? No, I hear you. And I think that you and I are both coming at this from the same place. Like, you know, it, it sounds like we're being maybe overly critical about the product. And I think that this is, I think that it, it, it really is important that like the people who are listening understand that this is coming from from a place where we both really want this to work like 100 I, I don't know about you i don't know about you jimmy and i know this is weird for a canadian but i was all in pardon the AEW <laughs> pun i was all in on wcw when i was a kid so i loved I. wcw actually i oh i'm lying i used to hate wcw at one stage because the thing is i grew up a, a wwf guy yeah it just it is what it is. But then once Hall, Nash, or should I say Razor Ramon and Diesel, you know, Big Daddy Cool jumped ship. Even when Hogan originally jumped ship in 94, I started paying attention to it a bit more, but I still didn't really like it. But it's once fucking Hall and Nash jumped over, 
that's when I switched over to, to WCW. Sure. No, it was, I mean, that was, that really was like a pivotal point in WCW's history, right? Like there's no denying that, that the, the new world order, that whole storyline. Oh man, I was it, in WO for life. I'm it, still it, in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, let me ask you a question then. So I, I was, I was likewise, you know, watching more WWF at the time. Um, and when Scott and Kevin uh, jumped ship, right. that was that was sort of the time when I started really paying attention to. Yeah. I had paid a little yeah. bit of attention. I was still watching WWE in '97 though as well because that was a great year in my opinion for for WWF. Oh, it was a great year for wrestling, dude. That like was, honestly, yeah. that's sort of the point of like this show being called the Skirmish. The that sk- was a war, bro. <laughs> that like, was a war. You, it was like, man, which fucking show am I gonna watch this week? Because I want to watch them both. I had to you know? get two like, different cable providers. I like one provider was exclusive to WCW, right? And the other provider was exclusive yeah. to WWF. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and that's how fucking heavy I was into that shit back then, man. Like, I would be out with friends. I kid you not. Just say we we're hanging out. This is like after high school, or whatever, right? And if Raw or Nitro mm. was on, man, I'm fucking running home, dude. Like, I didn't give a fuck what my friends were doing. I'm like, hey, you can either come with me or fuck yous. <laughs> I'm watching fucking Raw or Nitro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, no shit. But yeah, now, man. no. Catch me fucking even trying to watch this shit. <laughs> Bro, I'm right there with you. Like, I used to be hardcore wrestling fan, and it was right. It, it was pretty close after the invasion angle when I just was like, um, I think part of it was I was disinterested in the product, but I think another part of it was um, at that point, I was like 15, and I was starting to get really into boxing and MMA. Yep. And, uh, it just got to the point where I was watching so much boxing and so much MMA and I was going to the gym, you know, twice a day, basically just working like a dog. And it just got to the point where I was like, I don't have time for this anymore. And I dropped out for bro. I don't know, like 15 years almost. Shit. And, right. uh, just that's a long time came back like probably like four or five years ago i can't remember exactly how many fucking years ago but it was you know what it was was i was working as a social worker yeah and uh the client who i was working for was like a big wrestling fan no way yeah and uh he i was over there and he ordered that SummerSlam show where uh punk and brock fought i can't remember 2013 dude i think it was 2013 actually so i watched that with him and i was like oh man i'm gonna get back into fucking wrestling aren't i (laughs) and uh and i kind of did and i kind of didn't i kind of did that thing where like i'd watch every you know couple of months and see what was going on or whatever see if i could follow it um and then i was i was sucked in pretty good for the daniel bryan yes movement that was great. Anyway, let's let's not get off on too much of a tangent here. We're uh, yeah, yeah, we're trying true, to review true. this skirmish. <laughs> we're we're talking about too great a wrestling for this damn show. So let's and, and let's get back to and, and you know it's funny that you just said that. That was only what like 2013, 14, right? And we considered yeah. that great, right? And and that doesn't even compare to me to even back in the day. But that's my point. That's how low we've gotten. Chris, we've gone into yeah. a skirmish. It's a skirmish. All right, let's get back to the show. Uh, Taz is out next. He comes out. He's complaining. He's entertaining at it, though. Like, no, fuck, no, man, listening is. to Taz complain about shit is, is you know, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I like the promo for his crew. Um, 
you know, he's out. He just wants a match for his guys at the pay-per-view and uh, hmm. sounds legit. You know, he's got two guys who are pretty good in the ring. They've got Dude, pretty Cage? good records. I understand what he's complaining about. Yeah, Cage and I, I, I don't really whatever the, the fucking ring, little guy's yeah. name is. Oh, yeah, I can't even tell you his name, dude. Honestly, that pretty boy, dude, whatever the fuck he is, I don't even know his name. <laughs> so here's the question that I wanted to ask, though. So he's out here. He's talking about his guys. He's, you know, complaining. He wants a match. And I can't believe I'm going to say this as a person who, like, we've established. I was watching in the late 90s. Are there too many fucking factions in AEW? Because I'm having a hard time understanding who's with who and, like, for what reason and what the fuck's going on there's there's like three different spooky factions <laughs> and there's a bunch of other factions that are just they're together because whatever the fuck and it, i i'm having a hard time following it bro it, are there just too many factions on this fucking show they're not they're not factions dude them factions <laughs> <laughs> come on dude <laughs> like seriously factions they're more like a like a little preppy fucking group. You know what I mean? Like 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 a big happy house, like play school or some shit. You know? <laughs> like seriously, factions. You got fucking one faction that fucking throws friggin' paper and just hashtag join Dark Order, yeah. and then you've got the inner circle, which I guess are trying to be jocks in wrestling. Like they come across as jocks, but then you got MJF. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I just feel like there's like and again i like factions in wrestling i think the wwe doesn't do it enough but watching AEW is just it gets hard to even follow and you're like those so we'll skip ahead a little bit here wait, wait, wait. before just, you do just for you, this you got to answer me one question go for it when did cody leave the elite did he leave the elite what's this fucking oh, fuck. fucking nightmare bullshit yeah the nightmare collective which the, is the nightmare collective you know i see a whole bunch of scary guys oh. in that fucking group right <laughs> come on oh <laughs> come god on, dude. like seriously like really bro i like come i on. just feel like it's i just feel like it's overdone and oh. it it doesn't I don't it's, know. It's like, Cody and fucking I just want to see friends. some people. <laughs> Cody and friends. That's what this fucking show should be called. They should call it <laughs> AEW Cody and friends. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, that's not to talk shit about Cody. I like Cody. We'll get into that later. Okay, oh, let's you, keep going here. So We've buried the whole fucking <laughs> the whole roster. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So... Private party are out with uh, Matt Hardy, oh, party. and I oh, thought, God. okay, is is this is this a Hardy party? <laughs> um, but it wasn't to be. As Sammy comes out and hits Matt with a twist of fate, we go to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so no Hardy party. Uh, anyways, um, the Bucks oh. come out next. Oh shit! <laughs> the Bucks come out next. They're all right. Um, my co-host, not all right. The Bucks are all right, though. Oh, I can't help um, it, man. Everyone's a fucking joke, dude. <laughs> like, <seriously. laughs> oh, Jesus. I, Sorry, honestly, man. Honestly, I don't know what the fuck's going on with this. With this. Anyway, so that, it was pretty good athleticism early on. Um, oh. uh, obviously, the Bucks can go. Like, they have they have the ability to really do some incredible stuff in the ring. Incredible. Um, 
I think that private party are also able to do some really good physical stuff. I have two things to say though about this match. Uh, first of all, I don't want to be one of those like size is everything guys. Cause like my favorite wrestlers growing up were Chris Benoit, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho. Right. And they were the biggest guys, gigantic right? guys. But you know what? They had more fucking match, hair on their balls than these fucking guys. <laughs> well, watching Jesus. this match is just honestly i could I, I was honestly watching this match and just thinking i couldn't stop thinking yeah but these guys are so fucking small like <laughs> they're not just they're not just kind of small like these are vanilla midgets these are cruiserweights <laughs> <laughs> well they're not vanilla midgets because like the idea of vanilla midgets was just that the vanilla midgets had no character right and that's why they were vanilla. and that was short so, as well that's what yeah, the they midget. Were, that's what that was the midget parts. Yeah. Oh shit. Now the, these are like these are like Rocky Road midgets. They've they've got some character. They've got <laughs> they've got some character. No worries. Yeah. They've got something going on. The other thing that I wanted to say too was um, with Private Party's offense, there was just some moments in the match where it looked like it was just a little too choreographed for my own personal oh, taste. No, yeah, that, I mean, that's already, always the problem I mean, with Private Party. Man, they're still pretty green, man. Well, there was another part too in this match where uh, one of the Bucks went to throw a drop kick, and he must have missed the guy by a foot, and the guy <laughs> still jumped off the apron. So was a slap to the I mean, thigh party? <laughs> the, like, I don't want to. I don't want to be too like overly discouraging about little, you know, little <laughs> problems like that in the match because there's so much going on. But I think if there's so much going on that you're screwing up during your match, you should probably slow the fuck down. <laughs> you reckon? You think? I mean, <laughs> oh shit! Grab a fucking headlock, <laughs> <laughs> dude. These guys don't know what the fuck psychology fucking means, man. I don't think most wrestlers in that company actually know what psychology is, other than about four of them, maybe five tops. Yeah, and it's it's disappointing because, like I said, like I mean, you heard the list of who my three favorite wrestlers were growing up, and these were all guys who, um. I mean, goddamn, could they work, you know? And they can make it look legit. real. In the exactly, ring. exactly. Yeah. See, that's that's the problem, man. You can be short, that's fine. But if you're a fucking killer, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what the fuck, yep. how tall you are, you know what I mean? These guys, they're not even compensating for their fucking height or their look. Do you know what I mean? Like, really, yeah. they should be compensating like Benoit did. Like, I mean, Bret Hart wasn't your tallest guy, like, considering he came from the land of the giants at the time, you know, but he still yep. looked like a fucking machine, you know? Yep. These guys... No, I'm with you, man. I totally agree. I, I totally think... agree with what you're saying, man. Well, do they take if this you're, shit if serious? If... <laughs> I don't know, man. I struggle to know, like, exactly what the right thing to say is about, like, the Bucks and these kind of, like, really, really small guys. And I don't mean just... <laughs> You know, Hangman Page isn't huge either, right? No, but he, he's like he comes across, But he comes across more like a man. He comes across more like a grown adult. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if the Bucks are like, I don't want to say overly colorful because I get that that's no, like, they are, that's a thing that can sell. But right. anyway, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to shit too hard on the match. <laughs> uh, I will say though, that at some point this match got a, this is awesome chant from the crowd. Oh. And I was just sitting here in my fucking chair, like <laughs> fucking fuck you, you assholes. <laughs> this is awesome. But you know what the sad what? part is? They really meant that dude. 
they're not trolling. <laughs> they fucking mean it. You know what I mean? Look, fuck yeah, me. Well, mate. I'll fucking troll. That match was not fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I dare anybody to fucking try to tell me how that fucking match oh, was awesome. Anyway, man. keep moving on. I, I do like uh, this Cassidy kid. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. He reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, Elix Skipper, uh, but I think he has better facials. Prime time, baby. Team Canada, even though he's not Canadian. Fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, well. <laughs> but that was yeah, good. Well, that was anyway. the, that was the good old shit days of WCW. <laughs> oh, dude, I get it. I get it. All right. So the other thing I, I can't stand here is, uh, so Matt is selling his leg, right? His ankle was crushed and he, he can't, he can barely stand. He, you know, like, uh, his brother goes to tag him at least twice in this match. He can't tag him because Matt just can't stand. He's, he just can't even get up. Right. And then in the end of the sequence, he runs halfway across the fucking ring and spears, dude, what happened to your leg? I told you, dude, do these guys know psychology? Look, Matt Hardy, I don't blame him, yeah, because at the end of the day, he's getting a sweet check. He doesn't have to do shit. If I were him, I wouldn't give a shit either. But but the other, I've got no excuse. Yeah, I honestly, dude, I like, maybe this is just one of those things where like you and I are just like not the target demo <laughs> for this show, but it sucks no. that we're not because you and I are people who like... Dude, we're wrestling I'll, fans and we should be the target audience. But anyway, I don't know um, if it's my age or fucking I'm that disgruntled, but seriously, like I was a big fan of AEW when they first came around, man. It's just these last few months. I've just, it is what it is. I, I just feel like there's, I don't know, but it's AEW to me seems very hit and miss. Like I said, so right now it is definitely. So, I like the revival, right? I, I like FTR. I think they're really great. Like I, I legitimately think they're a great tag team, right? And I think that the Young Bucks um, are super talented as well. No, they but are, I, yeah. I just, I can't, I can't not see some of this shit being a fan of, like I said, who I'm a fan of, right? right. I, I see some of this shit where guy's selling his leg and then he runs halfway across the ring for a spear. And I just can't help but think that like Brett is watching this and going, oh, for fuck's sakes, Dude, <laughs> you know? Where did this shit get lost? That's what I want to know. Like, where was the point where everyone stopped giving a flying fuck? Like, where was that point? Why? Why is this happening? Like I said, it's happening in WWE. It's happening in fucking AEW. The only promotion... Look, I can't even stand Impact because there's too much fucking stupidity going on over there, in my opinion. Even though a lot of people love there's it. There's a lot of ha-ha. There's too much ha-ha, man. I'm already, I've already yeah. done enough, enough ha-ha during this fucking like, show today, right? Let alone fucking yeah. AEW. But fucking seriously, why? What's with all the fucking? Why is everyone fucking into the comedy lately? Like I said, I'm I'm cool with it as long as the whole show is not a friggin' comedy. Um, like I said, I, I'm with you. I'm okay with there being some comedy on a show, but it to me, like, there's a baseline for wrestling, and the baseline is we're fighting. Exactly. Right? That's, That's the right. baseline of professional wrestling. We are fighting this is meant to be real right so Supposedly. if you want to have 
yeah. So if you want to have funny moments or if you want to have a guy slip on a banana peel, you <laughs> want to have that kind of, that kind of like comedy, I'm okay with it. Right. But at the end of the day, I don't, I really don't like the, this is a show. So, so here's what I mean by that. Right. Like, so we had GGP on and GGP is, is, he knows way more about wrestling than I do. I'm not going to say that I'm right and he's wrong. I will never say that literally, but like, we were talking about the whole, like uh, the kicks that orange Cassidy does. Right. And to me, I don't understand the psychology or the storytelling. If you're a heel, right. Right. So I'm a badass heel. Right. And my character is I'm here to fucking murder you. And I want (laughs) to kill you and get you out of the way so I can go after the belt and I can, I can get my revenge on the, you know, the, the good guy who, you know, got one up on me or whatever. Right. And I'm fight facing orange Cassidy and I'm title eliminator and orange Cassidy kicks me with one of his little fake kicks. <laughs> Why know, the fuck am I going to stand there and let him do that three more times? To me, it's like, if you're a heel, you're a badass heel and orange Cassidy kicks you with one of those fucking kicks, you should headbutt him as hard <laughs> as you fucking can. Like, Dude, especially if he's got his the, hands in his fucking pocket. And again, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm right. I'm just trying to say for me, I, I think that wrestling needs to have that baseline of this is fighting. We are fighting in the yeah. ring. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, these little fuckers win with their, uh, <laughs> being the elite kick. The fuck's it called? BTE oh. trigger. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's a cool one. move. It's a cool looking move. I do like the like I like I said, they're they're talented. I'm not trying to be totally fucking shitty here. Anyway, there's a run in from FTR. Uh, they go to use the chair again, and uh, and Hangman and Omega come out for the save. Um, uh, I gotta say, you know, earlier I said I liked the whole thing with Hangman, him coming out with the f- fucking. <laughs> glass is like i don't know it's just a step too far like you wouldn't do that if you were really coming out to save your buddies from getting their fucking ankle of course you would chris of course you would (laughs) so i i don't know i to me that was just that was just that was fine that was fine and then um omega and hangman did a little stare down or whatever that was that was good i i think they'll have a good match i like oh for sure but is it anyway. just me, or does doesn't BTE sound like a fucking burger? <laughs> like the BTE, uh, like I, seriously, like I don't know, man. Every time somebody says BTE, I just think <laughs> that 106 and Park is about to come on, and uh, it's not. <laughs> so I'm le- I'm left going, where's Tigger? But not around. Uh, that's that's for any of you uh, older school <laughs> hip hop fans out there. You'll know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, shit, uh, man. I, I, I right, feel bad. So I feel bad now. I really do, man. All I've done is laugh at this company the whole way through. All right. Well, okay. You've laughed. You've laughed. You've had your moment to laugh. But Let's get cried? serious now, because because <laughs> it's getting okay. to that point. I, yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully this next this next thing will 
you know, help, helped you be a little bit happier because it definitely <laughs> did for me. It helped me get a little more grounded watching the rest of this show. So Shivani's out in the, out in the ring, uh, Eddie Kingston comes out, uh, kind of runs down Shivone a little bit. Um, Mox comes out, uh, Kingston takes the mic, basically runs Shivoni out of the ring. Um, I really like this promo here. I'm going to get this belt. And once I get this belt, I'm going to show it to my mom and I'm going to tell her, you know, the reason why you don't have any grandkids, the reason why I haven't been able to do anything else in my life, the reason why I haven't been able to move on with anything is because I needed this. This was the key for my life. I loved that shit. That was, yeah, no, like, I agree. man, like you gripped me. You know what I mean? I don't understand the hate for Eddie Kingston. There's a lot of fucking fans out there that think, look at this bum. Well, they're idiots. You know what I mean? Like this guy can talk so much better than most of that damn roster. Like this guy, he's believable. He might look like a fucking yep. bum, right? T- technically, which he's not, right? But man, you fucking believe the guy, man. When he talks, he means it, man. He goes on to another level. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, man, this, I, like this segment was his was... the best thing on the show. I agree with you, hundred uh, percent. This was the best part of the show. Um, he's believable, right? He you, is. And there's, there's, I, I feel like there's a part of this that is like real, right? There's a part of it, that, and I think that's the best pro wrestling is when of there's course. bits and pieces that are accurate. Absolutely. Right? I think that Eddie Kingston really is looking at this as like, man, this is my big opportunity. This really is my my big chance in pro wrestling after all these years and all the sweat and all the blood and all this other bullshit, I finally have a real chance. Um, and so I think that they're able to take that him and Mox. I think they're able to take that and they're able to really do something um, that comes across as real and grounded and just, man, I love this fucking segment and I love Moxie firing up about their past talking about his mom Right. And they're just in each other's face. And it looks like the kind of thing that you would say to a friend of yours as like, man, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to because you're forcing me to. Um, What what do you think about this? So so where do you think they're headed with this? What do you think is going to happen at the pay-per-view? Moxie is going to win. Unfortunately, you're like, if, if Kingston wins, I would be fucking shocked. Yeah. But I highly doubt it. Come on. So I got to be honest with Please, you, like as a, as a storyteller. No. Okay. So as a storyteller, I, I can see the possibility for something really fucking incredible. I've got a weird for feeling this too, but. Uh... So, so, okay. So let me, so let me tell you about what I, what I think could happen and why I think it would be groundbreaking and why I actually think that this could help AEW get to the point where they're, you know, not just competing with NXT, but also competing with, with Raw. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, who gives a fuck? It's still a skirmish. We're talking about <laughs> a, a million and a half people. But anyway, um, me. no, no worries. So, so here's what I see as a really great option for them to maybe take. And I think this would, I really think that this would be groundbreaking for wrestling in general. So I think that you have uh, this match happen and, you know, you have Eddie Kingston get his licks in, but Mox basically dominates, right? And he keeps telling Kingston, you know, say you quit, right? And Kingston won't. And he just, he won't quit. 
right? He's not doing it. He's getting beaten up. He's bloodied. He's passing out, whatever. The referee just keeps saying, I, he's, he's not saying I quit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call it. Right. Cause I hate that fucking cop out when you have a mm. I quit match and then the referee's like, Oh, they're knocked out. Like, no, that's, that's not the point of the fucking match. Exactly. Um, anyway, I would love to see a situation where Mox is beating the crap out of him and just beating him and beating him and beating him. And eventually Mox himself has to say, you know what? I can't keep doing this to my huh. friend. I don't care if you're an asshole. I quit. Wow. Dude, come on. That was brilliant. The, the way you put that together, hey, I'll, I'll give you props. That was great. But it's fucking Tony Khan, dude. It's TK we're talking about here. Oh, dude. Right. I, I don't have any faith in that happening, but I'm just saying no, that's that, too good could for be, that, to happen. that could be a moment. That could be a moment that could actually take AEW, and I mean this, to the next level. Because people would be talking about that. People would be saying stuff like, dude, this is shit. not the same wrestling company. Yeah. Yeah, then I'll be like, where's Chris? Did Chris book this? Like, seriously, <laughs> it, it can't be TK. TK would not think of something as good as that. And it, you know what? It's just common sense. Although I do think they'll go the route of Kingston not giving up or anything like that. He'll just pass out if he loses. You know what I mean? But if they were to get Moxley to do that, I just can't see it, though. I just it's it's too good for them to to do. Like, I just don't see it. But I hope you're right. Yeah. You, I mean, like I said, dude, I, I feel like. I feel like if you're focused on if, if you really want to focus on telling the most interesting story in that match, I think that's the most interesting story in that match. Like I said, I don't have any faith in that happening. But I don't geez, either. man, if that does happen though, I'd be like, wow, someone heard this show. <laughs> because seriously, <laughs> like that's what they should do. Like that's not only does it give an extra layer to the Moxley character. But it also does the yeah. same for fucking Kingston and it builds to a further fucking to another match that that's that that you want to see. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's logical. It, it literally does nothing but good business for exactly. everyone involved. And it books itself after that. Like fuck. Yep. But yep, absolutely. Will it happen? And I think that that's another I think that in, in another way too, like, you know maybe I'm just thinking too far ahead or whatever with this, but I think that that um, it can put more of an emphasis on whoever wins that match between um, uh, Kenny and hangman. Cause it's a title eliminator, right? So the right. winner basically gets the challenge for the title next. And um, you, you, so you, so you pass the belt to Kingston with that, right? You have Moxley basically just go away for a bit and just be like, no, I, I don't, I don't want an, an immediate rematch. I don't want to go through that again right away. Yeah, right? But see, and you, the... you have them really grow, right? And then you can and then you can switch the title, right? You can switch the title to whoever won it. It makes the the tournament mean something. Well, to me, I think the end game with this is to lead to a Moxley versus fucking Omega number two match for the belt, and this time Kenny going over. That's where I think this is really going. Yeah, I mean, I do too, and I just I don't think that that's the most interesting way to go. So for me, like as a storyteller, as somebody who like I've talked to you about like writing books and stuff yeah, like that, eh? but as a storyteller, I look at okay, what's the most interesting way we could uh, we could move, you know, with this story? And I think that would just do fucking gangbusters. Anyway, it's probably not going to happen. It's I probably going to be some. Agree, dude. 
there's probably going to be some fucking run in where oh, I don't know. God, no, don't say you that. run in and beat somebody up. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's, I, I can't even, <laughs> if they shit's just so ridiculous. Up. But see, we know they're going to fuck it up, dude. Come on. There's no way as much as I would love for Kingston to win. And what you said, I, I 500% agree with you, dude. That was beautifully put together and it didn't take fucking 10 hours to fucking figure that one out. Right. I don't have any faith though, that that's going to happen, but it would yeah. be great if it did. Uh, it would be great. Okay. So there's a couple, there's a couple more good things on this show and then it takes a really awful fucking turn here. <laughs> okay. So first off, what comes up next, uh, there's a Pac promo. Uh, he's talking about isolation and how it's kind of messing with them. I like it, dude. I like Pac being a little nuts. And uh, I, I fucking love this, dude. I think Pac is brilliant when he's when he's playing this, like, disturbed, I just want to hurt someone <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of character. I, I think his facials work for it. And I just, I, I love him in this role. I'm, I'm happy to see he's coming back. Pac in this role is brilliant. I mean, look what WWE fucking did to him too. You know what I mean? So he's one of the fucking saving graces of that company though. And, and he takes his shit serious, you know, unlike others, you know, but fuck. I think that Pac is a, is a really great example that you can do all of the athletic stuff in the world oh, and yeah. you can still sell properly. <laughs> like, well, like, fuck. I, I, I love Pac like, for that. It, for, yeah, for real, man. No, I agree. Like, that's my point. Doesn't anybody teach these other kids anything? Like, I get it, right? No one wants to lose their spots or, or whatnot, right? But, like, there's too much. That's the thing that confuses me about AEW, should I say, or maybe alienate me. I mean, uh, I, I feel like a lot of these guys have done so much work on the indies that oh. they they work like indie talent. And I don't mean that as like to be disrespectful because, exactly you, you know, there's some really great talents who work the independence, right? But you have to be able to step it up and kind of recognize, okay, I'm on a different level. I've got to do some, some things differently. And I just feel like some people are just stuck doing whatever indie. made them popular on the indies, which I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like that stuff. It's not, it's not what I'm into. We'll just put it that way. It's not my thing. I agree, dude. Just, I mean, look, man, just look at Joey Ryan. How the fuck did his cock get over? I don't care what anybody fucking says. Uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, no dude. So, so listen, I, so it's now become very popular to shit on Joey Ryan. Um, I get it. I, I, I've I, been I shitting on Joey Ryan. Fuck yeah, his fuck whole gimmick. <laughs> Big time. I, like it's not a good professional wrestler either. Like, Fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Just fuck, <laughs> fuck you, Joey Ryan, all right? And you're fucking cock. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. I'm sorry. Fuck <laughs> no, off. Okay, cool, there's man. two more good things here. There's, okay, there's two more good <laughs> things on this show. So, um, so first of all, uh, there's a backstage beat down here. Butcher and Blade come out, and they, uh, they beat up um, Goldust and QT Marshall. Am I, is that right? <laughs> you know, you're right. QT. QT okay. Marshall. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Fuck that guy too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the butcher and the blade, man. I don't know. I, I feel like they're fucking up the booking on these guys because those guys, dude. Yeah. Come I, on. These guys are money. Like 
these guys are are top guys. I don't I don't fucking care what anybody else has to say. These guys should be top of the card. They're both just great. I mean, everything that they do is great. They've got they've got they look like fucking fighters, right? Both of them. They've got the bunny there with them who's I mean, she's smoking. She's she she has a really she has a really I think interesting personality that she's going through right now. I like it. I've seen her do the 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 clean cut stuff before in impact yeah. and she's great doing that too i think the i think this whole group just needs to be booked way better than they have been is it too late though chris can you salvage <sighs> these guys i gotta be honest with you man if 600 people if, if 600,000 people is all you're watching yeah you can salvage them because <laughs> <laughs> those fucking people are going to be watching next week too no matter what you do with them and if you book them properly you might have somebody flipping through the channels and say, Oh, look at this. Look at, look at these big motherfuckers and they're beating the shit out of these people. Or, Oh, look at these big motherfuckers. Well, and they got this, they got this hot blonde in their corner. You know well, what I mean? Me like tell you, you, you and, can always turn it around. Well, let me tell you an interesting fact about um, the butcher. You, do you know about the butcher? Rockstar. Yeah, exactly. He's a legend dude in the, no. Yeah, I know. I, I know he's a legit superstar. And <laughs> so again, why the fuck Rock are you roll? Like, why the fuck is this guy jobbing to the fucking young bucks? I don't get it. I, anyway, right. Well, someone who doesn't play guitar, uh, Nyla Rose is out next. How do you like that segue? <laughs> That's um, a beautiful one. <laughs> so, Sorry, dude. Nyla Rose is out here. That was good. Uh, she's out here for a squash match. The, the girl she's wrestling, I don't remember what her name is. Something Scarlet, whatever. I think it is uh, Scarlet. She seemed like she's pretty talented. Uh, I'd like to see her wrestle a little bit more. Uh, Nyla Rose seems really uncoordinated. Like <sighs> she always seems like she's tripping over her feet. Um, feet? <laughs> their feet. <laughs> um, I think, I think calling someone they is like, that seems even weirder than anything else. Cause it's like, that's well, what you would say about fucking venom in the Marvel universe. <laughs> like, I, I, Anyway, <laughs> what about E? Doesn't matter. <laughs> what about E? <laughs> oh God. Okay, no. <laughs> we're moving on. Um, so here's the last good thing about this whole fucking show. So uh, after the match, Vicky Guerrero basically tells Brandy, "Hey, you suck. Fuck off." And uh, <laughs> I loved that. That that made me laugh. It was like, "Hey, you're really bad at your job. You can go away now. I have other things to do." And it was just like, "Oh, oh thank you geez. so fucking much, Vicky." <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for getting Brandy off my fucking screen. Like, uh, she's easy on the eyes, but man, <laughs> oh, like, she, what the fuck is she doing on TV? I know she's oh. married to Cody, but God. Yeah, well, that's it. She's married to Cody, um, dude. Anyway, there was another thing here. As Vicky goes over, she's talking shit to Sheeta. Um, Sheeta legitimately does not understand what the fuck is being <laughs> said to her, um, which is just fantastic. And she's just sitting there and she's basically hyperventilating, I guess, while Vicky's talking shit. I don't know. Uh, she grabs her. Uh, Rose throws a couple of punches. The punches look like absolute shit. Um, I don't know if they need to zoom out for this or what, but the because oh, i mean the close-up just looked so bad like that punch was moving at like that's not the speed at which you punch someone that's the speed at which you wash your baby's hair uh anyway it was fucking bad oh shit man shit it was just bad bad all around 
Okay, let's move on. Let's get away from this because it was garbage. Um, I do like Sheeta, by the way, though. No, me too. I, I think too. she's actually quite talented. She is. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, Darby Allen has a, a cool little video. Um, I mean, I say cool. We can probably put that in parentheses. Is, it, is he cool because he'd rather smash a window than look for his keys? If you saw somebody smash in their window and then take their keys out of their pocket to start their car, like <laughs> cool isn't the word that I would be using. It's like, what the fuck? Oh my God. Uh, so anyway, I had a I had a pretty funny thought. You know, we're both guys from the old school WCW, right? Uh, yeah, right. I and know where you're going. Like, it, it seems. And so we the- started out with Surfer Sting. Right, and right. then we went from surfer sting to crow sting, <laughs> yeah. and then from crow sting we went to wolf pack sting, and I <laughs> yeah. guess this is methamphetamine sting. Is that <laughs> is that what it is? Because <laughs> this dude is just <laughs> this dude is just skinny as fuck, and he's got something like he's he's not one of these guys like like Orange Cassidy where like the dude's clearly talented, but I'm like. <laughs> Bro, he's crazy. Eat a fucking or... hamburger or something. Oh shit! Oh. <laughs> if the payoff ain't fucking, if the payoff ain't sting, <laughs> seriously, throw him in the garbage. Because... Oh man, somebody's gotta get fired if Sting isn't involved in some I'm way. Telling you, because this is what it fucking seems like. It's it's obvious where they're going with it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Meth Sting, he's in the rafters. He's watching the Dark Order. I think come out, and this is where I like honestly, I I can't tell you. Like for the six man, Ooh, it was the Gun Club shit. and Cody, and the guys they were fighting are the Dark Order guys, right? Right. Yes. Yes. It was okay. And I'll be completely honest with you here. I basically fast forwarded through this because I didn't <laughs> want to watch another shitty six man. But yeah, me too. It I, just looked like a shitty six man. I literally started listening to the show instead of actually watching it. By this point, <laughs> anyway. Oh, afterwards, Cody's cutting a promo on Allen. He's talking about how good he is, how he went to bat for him and brought him into the company. It was pretty clear Cody was trying to hit his timing on this, on the promo. And I liked that he hurried up and got the fucking promo out. And he fucking actually was pretty good. Absolutely. I loved the way that he ended it was, you're good. You are so good, but you are not the ace. (laughs) Everybody wants to be the ace now. Well, and but it, it comes, but it comes down to yeah. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. Have you noticed watch. that there's a trend um, now, the ace trend going around? But anyway, that's another story. But yeah, continue everybody. Yeah, everybody's goddamn ace. I, you know what? I'm the fucking ace of podcasting. Now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's it. Uh, <laughs> well, fuck. Or maybe I'm the meth sting. I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway, I, thing, I did dude. like the promo. It, it 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 did what a promo is supposed to do, like no what doubt. it's actually supposed to do, where he brings up his opponent to mean something, right? And then he says, like, you're good, you're really good, you know, <laughs> you're 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 so good, but compared to me, you're like a candle in the sun. That was a great line. Do you know what I mean? Like that, a great that comparison of you're great, but I mean like, I'm the fucking man. I'm Triple so, H, I am the game man. <laughs> that's what he was the fucking <laughs> oh shit but fucking misting like the tnt it's, fucking uh, belt like come on 
Why can't they just call it it's the TV title? a little bit, to be honest with you. Really? Why not just have a little stick of dynamite on the front fucking plate? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Look. It's growing on me a little bit. I'm, I'm trying again. Like I'm trying to get into this a, a little bit at least, and not just, oh, not just go with my gut and fucking hate everything. But this show is, um, again, I, I feel like it's it's such a bipolar show, dude. There's some good things in here. Where you're like, man, like this is really fucking good, man. Like, um, uh, like misting. But anyway, fuck. <laughs> we should probably do a prediction before we go. Okay. Since the pay-per-view is coming up, we might as well, right? Do you want me to bring it up? Yeah, bring it up. Yeah, uh, bring it up. Because, I mean, fuck, it is the go-home show, right? Yeah, dude, we might as well uh, do some predictions on this. And... Well, I'm just going to start from the bottom of the card. So we got a singles yep. match for the NWA World Championship between Serena Deeb and Allison Kay. What's your prediction, dude? Uh, my prediction is that this is going to be a really great match because Serena Deeb is in this match and um, she's fucking money, dude. I love watching this girl wrestle. She does everything right. Um, you never, you never see rookie mistakes from this girl in her matches. They all look like they're actually combat sport, which that's what I think wrestling is supposed to be. It's supposed to look oh, like I they're agree. actually fighting. And Serena Deeb is just absolutely one of the best in the game at doing that right now. Um, I think she goes over. I, I don't. I don't oh. see any need for for them to switch the belt to K right away. Um, no I hope way. they don't. I hope. I, I hope Deeb gets um, a real look uh, from AEW, and I hope that she gets as over as she deserves to. Which is, I mean, she deserves to go to the moon. She's. Uh, She's just great. Everything about what she does is fantastic. Well, you, you remember in WWE as part of Punk's faction, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just, yeah, Deeb's definitely going. I don't even have to say anything about, you said it all, man, Deeb. But the next yeah. match is just a normal singles match between fucking Orange fucking Cassidy versus John Silver, who's starting to actually pop me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I find, I like I said, man, I, I, I'm not against comedy in wrestling i think that it can um i think that it can be good as long as it's booked in the proper spot i like this because uh, it's two guys who can get over with comedy um and who both have some real charisma and some real comedic timing i i don't know man i, I don't think that orange cassidy is losing unless he un, unless he pisses off tk to be honest with you i feel like i feel like he's just getting the nod no matter what the hell happens because uh tony khan just loves this guy for whatever reason i think the right booking would probably be for silver to go over definitely just because it would mean something for silver to go 100%. over but i don't see it going that way well see i'm like you i would i would have loved to see silver win this match but we know tk like you said yourself, there's no way that's happening, which is sad because I feel like he's actually getting a bit of momentum lately, man. And he's starting to get a little hot. But yeah, Cassidy it is. But moving yeah. right along, the next match is a normal singles match with a stipulation between Chris Jericho and MJF with Wardlow. And if MJF wins, he's allowed to join the inner circle. This one's a tough one to predict, actually. I, yeah, it is. I, th I think MJF's going over in this one. Yeah, I, I think MJF is going to go over in this one. I think this is going to be a pretty like 
strung out feud here. I feel like um, MJF is going to join the circle. Oh, maybe not. Now I'm thinking about something yeah, that's else. That's what I mean. It's hard. It's hard, dude. Like it maybe Wardlow actually turns turns Ooh. on him and joins the inner circle, and then it becomes a thing of you know you couldn't join, but your your big dumb bodyguard could. Then, I'd like to see that he, maybe. But then that automatically turns fucking MJF babyface, like you think, right? I think there's a danger of doing that, but I think time, it pushes early. the overall story better. Well. Yeah, that's why it's a hard one to predict. It's for me. Shit. Yeah, I think you know what? I'm gonna go with you. I think you're right, man. I think we're leading to a wardlow joining the inner circle. I could just see that happening. Jericho's gonna yeah, get the win I, because of Wardlow. I just see it. It's definitely going there, actually. Yeah, I'd love I'd love I'd love it. I think that would be the best way to go. All right. Well. Coming up next, we've got the AEW women's fucking title on the line between Hiroki Shida and everyone's favorite wrestler, Nyla Rose, with Vicky Guerrero in, in her corner. I was going to say his corner, but her corner. Sorry, my bad. Who do you think is going over here? Oh, God. I really hope that they keep the belt on Shida. Um, just because, honestly, man, I... I don't mean to be disrespectful about someone. Mm-hmm. I, I I really don't think that Nyla Rose is a good worker. I feel like she injures people often. I feel like she is naturally uncoordinated and you can see it in her matches. She's tripping over herself, never mind having somebody else in the ring with her. Um, but it looks like they want to push her a little bit. They've got, uh, I mean, Vicky's not there for nothing. I, I got to imagine that she's there to uh, do something to help. Um, maybe to help get Rose over on the microphone. So maybe we see maybe we see the title change. That's look, that's my guess anyway. Look, man, I've got nothing against Nyla Rose, but, but Booker, for what she is, yeah? Do you remember when I was booking her not too long ago where she was acting like kind of like a man? I hate to say it. Where, she, where, yep. where Nyla Rose was saying, you know, I kill bitches, like in a deep voice, you know? She was literally yeah. saying that, right? That's how you book her. Like, seriously, book her like that. Book her, say the fact that she's fucking male, really. That's fucking, that's what he is, okay? Whether people like it or not, he's still got his dick, ladies and gentlemen. All right? All right, it is what it is. Sorry to fucking tell you the truth but yeah anyway i think he or she should go over man why not yeah he- i i completely agree with you too on like the overall booking I, I think the money is in saying yeah like this is a transgender person and she's competing against like natural born women and i think that I think that the way you build it is you build it as like, you know, who can stop her and it's unfair. You know, she has these unfair advantages, et cetera, et cetera. Cause it, at the end of the day, wrestling is a story and you're meant to tell a story. And so if people are pissed off cause you're telling that story, you can just be like, well, let's, let's finish the fucking story first. Cause I think that the ending to that is there's some woman, let's say, I don't know, let's say there's a really excellent woman on the roster named uh, Serena Deeb, who mm-hmm. eventually goes over on her, right? 
And it can be this triumph of, you know, you have all of these physical advantages, but I was able to get the win for, for women or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And I know that's touchy. And I know that that's a thing that'll piss off SJWs and stuff Hmm. like that. And I, I don't, I don't use that term like a lot because I used to be a social worker, man. Like I, I, I get people who want to be socially involved and everything, but yeah. it's storytelling. Like it. It, you're meant to tell as interesting a story as you possibly can. And I think that's a really interesting story that they could tell. Well, that was well put because the next match is everybody's fucking favorite match. The elite deletion match between Sammy Guevara and fucking Matthew Hardy. Why? I don't. Haven't know. they fucking learned? Hasn't um, TK learned by now? These two fucking absolutely fucking hurt each other because they hurt each other. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure if it's just a a problem of styles clashing or what it is, but um, I obviously like I have nothing but respect for Matt Hardy and the career that he's had. Like. Um, honestly just one of the most entertaining guys in wrestling ever and he's done a good job of reinventing himself over and over again so he's a legend in the ring i just i don't want to see him get hurt and i um, I think that there's i think that there's a lot in sammy too like i I think that when people you know i've heard people compare him to a young eddie guerrero no way um, well he's not well he's not that polished I can see what they're looking at. At least he's got, I like him. He got, yeah, he's got a physical charisma and that kind of stuff that sort of reminds you a little bit of, you know, I would say a Kmart version of Eddie, but <laughs> hey, he's young. He's got time. I don't yeah. mean that disrespectfully. No, no, either. No, no, like, no. I wish I could be the I fucking totally Kmart understand. version of Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but to call him uh, fucking Eddie-esque, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, he's Latino, right? But, uh, but the thing is, I think he's different to Eddie, man. Like, he's got his own thing going, and I am a fan of his. I really am. Like, I like... Yeah. He's got this... He's He's got a charisma to him, no doubt. And he's very entertaining. And he's a good worker. Well, sort of. Right? Yeah. But he can be. He, he definitely can be. needs some polish on the microphone anyway. Um, but anyway, I think Matt goes over in this match. I, I, don't, I don't think that... I don't think Matt has established himself since moving over to AEW enough that it would even really, that it would even really mean anything for Sammy to go over in this match. So I don't think it does anything for anyone in this match. Yeah. I I feel like you can, you can use it as a springboard to move Matt up a little bit and build him up to the point where, because the whole point of bringing a guy like Matt Hardy in is eventually to do the job to somebody so that, his mystique moves over to the next guy, right? Right. Um, but he's got to build up a little bit of mystique in AEW first. And right now, as much as everyone, I think, respects him, he's coming from a place where he was losing all the time on WWE TV. He hasn't done anything really special in AEW. I think he needs the win. I agree. But, yeah, I'm, I, I think Mahadi will go over. He's only entertaining right now on being the elite, really. Next is the I Quit match for the AEW World Championship. I don't know why this is placed in the middle of the card, but whatever. Between John Moxley against Eddie Kingston. We're talking about this earlier. Yeah. I hope that this isn't, I hope that that's not where it's 
placed because if it is placed there then you know my idea for what to do with it is just dead in the water yeah, you can't dead in the water. you can't pull that off and then i think have going three more fucking matches yeah. on a pay-per-view yeah. i agree so hopefully it's not there and hopefully they pull the trigger on something really cool and uh that's what i hope and what i think is that mox is just going to go over via you know kingston passes out or whatever yeah definitely i agree yeah unfortunately well the next match is for the aew tag team championships between fucking ftr and the young bucks <sighs> um and the stipulation obviously if the bucks lose they do the cody yeah I feel like because it's so close to when they did it with Cody, they're going to go the opposite direction and the Bucks are going to win. Yeah, I, I think the way they were booked at the end of Dynamite tells me, and this is a tradition in all of wrestling, when that happens on a fucking go-home show, it pretty much means the Bucks are going to win. Yeah, if you get laid out the the, the show before, it generally yeah. means you're getting the nod. Yeah. Well... After that, we got uh, the AEW TNT Championship on the line between Cody Rhodes and Meth Sting, a.k.a. Darby <laughs> Allen. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, I really hope they pull the trigger with Allen. I think he's... Allen is um, winning, dude. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I really, really want to see them pull the trigger with Allen because I do think, like, you know, I called him Meth Sting. I'm sure he won't <laughs> like that. but um, But I think he's... Oh man, I, I struggle to say this because it's so early in his career and everything, but I kind of feel like he could be the, uh, the AEW equivalent to Sting. Um, mm. And I don't just mean, I don't just mean in his character. I mean, he could be the guy who they built from the ground up, uh, turn into a superstar and who can actually eventually carry the card. I think he's going to need to put on some muscle in order to really do all that. But I think it's early enough in his career that you could give him this uh, TV, TNT, United States Intercontinental <laughs> title, whatever the fuck it's called. TNT, Intercontinental World TV Championship. But yeah. But anyway. Yeah. The yeah, European think, title. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Derby will win this. And I'm yeah. thinking Sting is going to make an appearance. Well, we've got Hangman Page against uh, the best belt machine cleaner, Kenny Omega. Winnipeg's favorite. Winnipeg's favorite son. Yeah, I think that they're setting it up as uh, Kenny Omega goes over. So I I do think they're smart enough to pull the trigger on this one and have Hangman go over. I hope that's what they do. Because oh, Kenny can get over whenever the, whenever the fuck I they know. need him. You're right. He's, he's that good. Um, and you can, I think that over the next couple of months, you can actually make Hangman a superstar. I agree. But they've fucking started and stopped with fucking Hangman so many times. It's sort of ridiculous. But as far as Kenny goes, I think now is the time to let him shine, man, because it's been too long, Chris. I think now, because the thing that annoys me the most, when I look online and I see people that really haven't seen his shit, sit there and say, what's so special about this Kenny Omega guy? Everyone talks him up, but when I watch him, he's just, he's just crap. He's got no personality and all this shit. When really that's so far from the truth man like he's yeah i mean in the ring he's what can you even say about him that hasn't already been said he's incredible i just he's incredible in the ring he's awesome. for whatever reason the for whatever reason the character just isn't connecting for me um not yet anyway so 
And that's yeah, for me, I'd rather see Hangman go over, but honestly, like, I'm from Winnipeg. I'll be happy if he fucking gets some shine, too, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, well see. we'll see what happens. But yeah, that wraps it up, dude. That's pretty much it until uh, the, the pay-per-view, which is on Saturday, right? Yeah, well, right on then. Uh, thanks for coming along on this ride with us, guys. Um, you know, this has been the Wednesday night skirmish. And uh, <laughs> hopefully we didn't – hopefully if you're listening, you don't think that we crapped on it too bad. <laughs> Stiff shit. Tough shit. That's it. Yeah. The Rational Rage Network of Podcasts covers a wide variety of topics from politics, society, pop culture, sports, mysteries, and more. Live here on Dynamite and coming up Saturday night at Full Gear in the main event for the AEW World Championship, John Moxley will defend against this man in an I Quit match in our face-to-face here tonight. Here is Eddie Kingston. Chris, have you been in many high quit matches? I've been in a few, but I never quit. But I'll tell you what, they're very brutal because what kind of a man would ever want to say that I quit in front of thousands, tens of thousands, a hundred thousand people? Not me. It's obviously the short language for I'm going to make you hurt badly enough that you can't stand any more pain. Therefore, you will say I quit. Yes, in front of your peers, in front of the world. Do your job, Shivani. Hold the microphone up. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the AEW World Champion, John Moxley. JR, as you mentioned at the top of the show tonight, there will be no physicality here tonight, or the match won't take place at full gear. Yeah, that's it. Pretty good decision by TK, as the boys call it. Tony gone. Great decision by Tony Khan, but I'll tell you what, the late, uh, the, the great, the great, great, great Pat Patterson told me, why would you want to waste your time on a Wednesday when the match is already signed for Saturday? That's the money. So tonight, they don't want to touch, they're not going to touch, and not only that, they got some words face-to-face to really pound home what's going to happen to each man at full gear on Saturday night. Here comes the champion, the irrepressible John Moxley. The battling champion. He's off his rocker. He's been off his rocker since the day I met him. He's got a, a giant championship belt on his shoulder, and on the other shoulder, an even bigger chip. He sure does. He's got that champion title from me. Seems like 10 years ago, I think about it every day of my life. Takes to try to bait Moxley in. Get out of the ring! Cut his music! Cut his music! Shivani, get out of the ring! You think this is a game, John? You think this is a game? I'm gonna destroy you Saturday. You understand that? On the 7th, I'm gonna ruin you. And I'm gonna take that championship. I'm gonna hand it to my mother. And I'm gonna tell her, Ma, the reason why you don't have a grandchild is because of this. The reason why I didn't give you a daughter-in-law is because of this. Because this is all that matters in our sport. No other championship means that much. Only this championship in your whole head. So I gotta take you out. I had to sell out. I had to become everything I hated. It's too late for me, John. You ain't saving nobody. And I'm taking that championship from you. 
history between these two men. They say be careful who you call your friends. Me? I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies because the longer I'm in this business, the more I learn that loyalty is a bitch. And I have been burned time and again, but I never ever thought I could get burned by you, man. I was so happy for you, man. I was so happy for you when you signed the contract. Shut up! I'm trying to tell you! I don't care! I'm trying to tell you what's going on. I was so happy for you when you signed the contract. You want to copy? happy for you. I was happy for your mother, whose dream it was. Yeah, your mother, Ruthie. Whose kitchen table I sat at. Who I said grace with. Who I made a promise to. That I would look after you. That I would always have your back. No matter what trouble you caused for yourself. I made that promise to her. And I guess, I guess I broke that promise, didn't I? See, I believe that the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. And you've been real loud lately, Eddie. Why is that? That's not you. You're not weak. So what's going on up here? I think I know what it is. After 18 years, you finally get your shot this Saturday. You get your shot, the shot you never thought you would get. Deep down, in your heart, you know. Deep down in your heart, you know. You're gonna be in the world champion, the best wrestler on this planet right now. And you're gonna lose. So it is a scary thought, I get it. Maybe after 18 years, it turns out you didn't deserve it after all. The worst part of this, Eddie, the worst part of this, this, the part of this that makes me sick, that puts my stomach in knots. You made a promise, you made a promise to your mother that you can't keep. Remember, Kingston can't touch Moxley no matter what he says. Man, this is heavy. This is, this is intense. You better get ready to tell me. You better get ready to kill me. You better get ready to kill me. You better get ready. You better get ready. This is real. This is real. This is real. Do it then. I'll show you what's real. Do it then. I don't care about this show. Do it then. Take me out. Go ahead. You hit me. That's mine. That's this Saturday night, Eddie, at Full Gear, you will find when you are alone with nothing but your ego, and that is a lonely, lonely place, you will find that you are not the man you thought you were, and you will say the words, I quit. Good God, ladies and gentlemen, what intensity. It flowed through these monitors. I was riveted by the conversation between what I would venture to say, perhaps, are two psychos. It doesn't get much more real than that. Eddie Kingston is an angry man. You talk about a chip on someone's shoulder. He's angry that this is his first chance at a world title in 18 years. 
He's not going to let that go without the fight of John Moxon's life. And this, this Friday night at 11 p.m., the countdown to full gear. You can hear more about the story, the history between Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, and they will face one-on-one -on -one for the AEW World Championship in an I Quit match this Saturday night at full gear.